Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos, Rose Marie and the Boy Scouts. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. So this week, we focus on the tale of two star-crossed lovers who spent more than three decades looking for their missing daughter and the terrifying pedophile epidemic that's apparently been going on in the Boy Scouts. Get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos. Number 1. Rosemarie It was 1953 in Buffalo, New York, when 17-year-old Eleanor Platt and John Elias first met and began secretly dating each other. Times were different back then. John was a black man and Eleanor a white woman. It was controversial enough that the two were an interracial couple at a time when mixed-race relationships were frowned upon, but John was also 11 years older than Eleanor, exacerbating the situation further. After secretly seeing each other for a while, John asked Eleanor to marry him. She agreed to leave her home during Christmas, and then the two moved in together. They lived as a married couple until January 26, 1954. Eleanor found herself pregnant soon after and returned home to tell her parents about it. Her father wasn't happy about this and sent her to a home for unwed mothers against her wishes. Eleanor's dad then accused John of rape and made Eleanor make a statement against him. Eleanor was only three days away from her 18th birthday, and she was coerced to say that John locked her in his apartment and forced her to have sex with him. This was untrue, but as a result, John was arrested and charged with holding Eleanor against her will. To prevent her from having to go through a trial, John pleaded guilty to the charges. In September of 1954, Eleanor then gave birth to their daughter, who they named Rose Marie. While at the home for unwed mothers, she was forced to give up her child. John was released early, and then the two were reunited. They both decided to get their daughter back and told Eleanor's parents. Again, Eleanor's dad was furious for not following his orders, and he had Eleanor sentenced to a three-year term at a juvenile center. She was told that if she would give up her daughter for adoption, her sentence would be reduced. Later on, Eleanor found out she didn't need to give up her daughter since she was already 18, but nobody bothered to tell her that. She was only released six months after her daughter had been adopted. She tried looking for John, but couldn't find him. She later learned that John was run out of town from constant harassment by the cops and other people. Eleanor wasn't able to have any more children because she suffered complications during her birth with Rose Marie. Eleanor did eventually remarry to a man named Stephen Wozniak. The two ended up raising four foster children. John also married someone else and had two children of his own. It was in 1987 when John began searching for his daughter, Rose Marie, once again. At the same time, Eleanor's father had died and she also began fervently searching for her daughter as well. Eleanor's mother was supportive of the search and regrets she couldn't help her back then. Her husband was an alcoholic who ruled over the family, and during the time, Eleanor's parents gave full reign to a Jamestown policewoman who kept track of Eleanor even after she turned 18, 
had her baby, and while she was attempting to rekindle her relationship with John. She was also one of the people who pressured her to let her daughter be adopted. When John began looking for his daughter, he came across Eleanor. The two had a long, tearful, and emotional telephone conversation and reunion. Together, with the support of their respective new families, they decided they would look for their daughter together. The two ran ads and connected newspapers around Buffalo and Jamestown. They also turned to Dominic Telesco's Center for Reuniting Families, who have helped reunite over 50 families all across the nation. On January 15, 1991, they agreed for their story to be aired on an NBC program called Unsolved Mysteries so they could reach a wider audience and their efforts paid off. Sally Riley always knew she was adopted. Her adoptive parents had told her when she was a child and even gave her the adoption papers and records listing her biological mother's name and birth date. Although Sally also tried looking for her parents, her search was fruitless. A co-worker of hers saw the show, recorded it for her, and showed it to her the next day. The first time the three were reunited, there was a lot of hugging, crying, and laughing. Both John and Eleanor finally found their daughter and couldn't believe how much she looked and acted like the two of them. Sally filled in the two about her growing up years and also brought photos of her children, John and Eleanor's grandchildren. Sally always knew she was a mixed-race child and had surmised it was the reason why she was given up for adoption. After finding out the circumstances behind it, she said it made her feel even more special, knowing that despite all of that, both her parents truly cared for her. Sally is grateful she has gotten a chance to meet her parents. Furthermore, she appreciates that she can make the choices her parents once couldn't make as her own fiancé, Albert Beach, who was with her during the reunion, is a white man. The two are, in essence, also a mixed-race couple, just like her parents. Number 2. The Boy Scouts of America For decades, the Boy Scouts of America have placed themselves at the forefront of American tradition. Each year, thousands of young boys aspire to join the group, Still, others see the life of a Boy Scout as a lifelong commitment as they adopt the practices learned in scouting well into adulthood. But while there's no doubt the organization has helped thousands of young boys, they've also hidden a devastating secret, that they've played host to hundreds if not thousands of sexual predators, and this resulted in thousands of young boys sexually abused while within the organization. Since 1919, the Boy Scouts of America have kept the names of the abusers and the victims of sexual abuse in their files. These perversion files, as others have dubbed it, has been disclosed once before but only under litigation. The actual number of abused and abusers was never made public until 2012 when an Oregon judge ordered it. The files contain more than 12,000 suspected victims and over 7,800 suspected pedophiles. What's shocking is that the majority of these suspected pedophiles likely didn't face any consequences for their actions. While they may have been removed from scouting, they likely continued outside work from the scouts, including holding jobs as well as volunteer roles around young people and other organizations. Ever since the list was made public, several lawyers have taken the steps of pushing the information further into the public eye. Attorney Jeff Anderson from New York 
released the names of 130 men from New York and 50 from New Jersey who were named in the pedophile files. In 2019, over 350 predators were further identified who victimized more than 800 Boy Scouts. These predators hid in the group, operating as scoutmasters and volunteers. Lawyers for the organization abused in scouting, a group providing legal counsel to scouts who were harassed and assaulted, accused that there is a continuing and serious conspiracy within the Boy Scouts. What makes it troubling is that even though the Boy Scouts knew and listed the names of the predators, the names were never given to the police. It was a massive problem and a secret the organization continued to hide despite knowing they were endangering many of the young Boy Scouts. Ever since its founding in 1910, there have been over 1.26 million Cub Scouts, over 830,000 Boy Scouts, and close to 960,000 adult volunteers as of 2016. This means that thousands of children were exposed to predators without the BSA doing anything about it. The only thing they did after finding out that these people were potential pedophiles was remove them from their position as volunteers or scoutmasters. Nothing more. For victims, the horror of their experience is a dark patch in their past. Many of them, who were just young boys back in the day, thought the abuse was normal because they saw it happen so often. Victims can still recall the smell of the man who crawled into their bag, according to attorney Andrew Van Arsdale. Another victim opened up with his experience, saying that one of their scoutmasters was a licensed doctor who told them all to sleep naked. At night, he would then fondle them in their sleep. Years later, the doctor lost his license for similar behavior. In a more chilling tale, one victim shared that the former mayor of their small town fondled him from the ages of 7 to 18 while he was in the scouts. According to the AIS, although they've asked the Boy Scouts to help them identify predators who might still be working under the cover of the scouts, they've hit a stone wall and have gotten no active responses from the organization. So there were two of the most strange and disturbing stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed watching this video, then please consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday we know you'll want to check out. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you soon.